All right. Good morning, all. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Fred, and to start with, I'd just like to thank you for listening to some of my ramblings uh, on the way to work. Not a hundred percent sure what I'm going to call this. Um, I was going to call it talking to myself, but I think that's already taken. So we'll play on that, and you can uh, offer some suggestions. So I've got about 20-25 minutes uh, before I get to work, and this is something I've been thinking of doing for a little while uh, as a way to maximise some time by myself. Um, first up, I would like to thank Liv for uh, asking me to have a chat with you amazing ladies. Um, and when I say have a chat, I mean talk at you. Uh, hopefully I can offer some insight into how I go about things and uh, you will find that helpful uh, as individuals, as part of a family unit, as part of a team unit, whatever your bag is. Just give me one second uh, because I need to make sure that I'm in flight mode, which apparently I can't do. Flight mode, right? No calls are coming in. So yeah, a bit rough and ready as you can see, but uh, we'll get there, and hopefully you will get the gist of what's going on. So, by way of introduction, as I said, my name is Fred. Uh, by trade, I'm a physiotherapist. I started off my physio journey in Edinburgh, uh, working in the National Health Service, and quite quickly found I was struggling um, purely because of the lack of funds, the lack of government funds. There were a lot of people who were leaving the profession in the, um, in the National Health Service and there was no money to replace them and as such I was being pushed into roles that as a new grad I just wasn't ready for. So I made the move to come to New Zealand and uh, as a lot of physiotherapists, I think I really wanted to get into the sports world and there aren't many better places in the world to do that. Um, I'm a bit of a rugger bugger, so loved rugby and again, not many better places in the world to come. And I think I was a little bit starstruck by being the guy that runs onto the field and helps the people and um, a little bit questionable as a why, but I think I wanted a bit of uh, fame and fortune at that stage. and. That was fine, it got me here and it's led me to where I am now. Um, my why I think has changed over the course of the last uh, 12 years of being in the country. Uh, we'll probably get onto that later on. Anyway though, I did take on a lot of rugby teams. Uh, I worked in Auckland for a long while, um, working with the provincial side, a couple of international rugby tournaments. Um, and. I loved it, really, really enjoyed it. One of the things though that I found, and some of you guys that will no doubt be uh, heavy hitters uh, in the corporate world will be able to uh, testify to this, uh, there was a lot of time away. And when I was a young lad, um, or in my mid-twenties or late-twenties, that wasn't a problem. I got to travel, see parts of the country, see different parts of the world, and it was amazing. Uh, uh, it also wasn't paid particularly well, but again, no responsibilities, um, and you know, I just was able to live off the seat of my pants, and 
uh, it didn't really bother me. So I got a lot of opportunity, got to see a bit of the world and really enjoyed it. Uh, and I got to work with athletes and I really enjoyed that. Um, so I did my rugby stuff and probably about two to three years after moving to New Zealand, uh, maybe alongside Liv really, I started to discover the CrossFit world. And it was coming to the end of my playing career as well. And I uh, had been worried because I was a big lad, still I'm a big lad, and I was worrying about putting on weight when I lost rug when I lost or stopped playing rugby and came into the CrossFit world. And I thought, this is great. I think there's ways that you can really marry up the principles of physiotherapy and the principles of uh, CrossFit, you know, working through full ranges of movement, being strong um, in all planes of movement, uh, realizing that to be effective as an athlete, really we needed to um, be able to be generalists and uh, be good at everything rather than excellent at one or two little things because that was what was going to set us up later on in life. Um, and probably again like Liv, I got a little bit addicted to the the sport side of CrossFit. Um, more from a, trying to help athletes. I was never going to be a top CrossFit athlete myself. Uh, I would call myself very fast twitch. Uh, I was very dangerous over 10 meters or very dangerous over one deadlift or one pull up, but uh, anything beyond that. and. Uh, I was always going to struggle a little bit. So helping athletes again became my uh, became my why for a different uh, for a different type of sport. So I suppose I changed it from sport to sport. Um, and then I got to working with a chap called Darren Ellis, uh, and I started coaching CrossFit at his gym, CrossFit New Zealand. And sort of together we started to come to this realization that CrossFit as a sport and CrossFit uh, for life is a very different beast. They're very different animals and we, uh, we came to a bit of a crossroads where eventually, you know, Daz decided that he was going to program for life. And so things like snatches and muscle-ups and handstand walking started to take a back seat. And what we were looking to show people is that you didn't have to do them day in, day out, week in, week out, uh, to, or under fatigue in the middle of a heavy ass wad to stay good at them. Actually, what we wanted to show people is that you could work on these slow strength movements, you know, your pivotal functional movements, you know, your squats, your presses, your deadlifts, your, um, your bench press, uh, your single leg work, your structural balance, focusing on stabilizing those uh, slightly unstable joints, your shoulders and your hips, and work on that. And yes, sprinkle in some skill work and do skill work quite regularly, but do it in a non-fatigued state. And what we were finding was that the people that really bought into this, their skill work was remaining right up there because they were practicing in that non-fatigued state. So if they went to competitions, they were able to still compete. And we, we liked it. Now, we lost a few people along the way. Um, and 
going to add a caveat here. I'm talking as if Daz and I were programming together. I've got to be honest, Daz did all of the programming. Uh, he's a master and a genius of that. I see movement, he sees programming. And so he did this programming and, and uh, I, along with other coaches, supported him in that journey. We really bought into it. He had a, two or three of us coaches who really, really bought into what he was doing. So. Uh, so we worked on that, and that was us really through until the COVID years. Uh, now, uh, at that time as well, I was running my physio clinic out of CrossFit New Zealand, and alongside uh, Daz, we were kind of working to get people to a point where they could train injury-free and really start enjoying their training for the sake of training. Um, something that we vibe with, live on an awful lot is that training should be enjoyable. Um, yes, we know it can be an escape from the stresses of life, but also it shouldn't be the hardest thing you do in the day, right? We want to, you know, we want to enjoy going to the gym. We don't want to dread the workout coming up, even though it's that dread that has that tinge of excitement because you're not sure if you're going to be able to do the stuff. Uh, in general, we want to be able to go and enjoy it. And there were some people who really do enjoy absolutely thrashing themselves and that's awesome um, but our philosophy and moving forward my philosophy as I work more by myself um, is that that thrashing of yourself is something that needs to be sprinkled in because I'm sure you'll have seen all of Liv's work around going too hard, too often, taking money out of the bank, upregulating your sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight work, and just never putting, them, putting the money back. And for life, which we're trying to train people for, things don't work out that way. So we moved forward and we moved towards the, the COVID years and actually did really well with our home programming and this, the product that we put on and maintained a lot of members but I think the second lockdown that we had in Auckland um, coupled with um, the fact that I and my partner had a young boy uh, started to change things and uh, if any of you have been to Auckland uh, you'll know it's a, very much a city and uh, it's where you go in New Zealand to get ahead on the uh, money front. Um, it's A lot of people from New Zealand say Auckland is great for its access to the rest of the country or to the rest of the North Island. Whereas if you go to other places, you go to other places to be there. And so we decided, uh, my partner and I, that we were gonna move um, and we've come down to Wanaka, Cromwell, Central Otago region. And so we've been here now six months and we're setting up a bit of a life here and we actually really love it we love the slower pace of life we love the community aspect we love the space uh, our little boy Xander has thrived since coming down here he's learned how to walk he's saying more words than you know what to do with he's 20 months old and um, and so far it's been a fantastic change of life and Daz, um, for those of you wondering about Daz, 
Daz ended up closing off uh, CrossFit New Zealand, moving to Mount Monganui, which is a beach resort town still in the North Island of New Zealand, and is uh, doing a lot of online coaching similar to Liv. Uh, he also has a young family. And so where this has got me to, this is 15 minutes, I think, of a bit of a ramble about myself and where I've come from. But this is where it's got us to, is that for us, a big factor in changing the directions that we were taking was uh, becoming a family. And I'm sure there's a lot of you uh, amazing ladies that are mums. And, um, and one thing that I think you don't get told as a mum, live, listen up, or a parent at all, is that it's so fucking hard. And I think it's hard, and I don't have to do half of the stuff that my partner Mags does. She's an absolute superwoman. Um, I get to go out every day and go to work. I get some space, I get to talk to adults. And we love our boy to bits. But shit, he wants to be on you all the time. And we've made a decision that um, well, when we came down here, we made a decision. You know, I, I was running my own clinic up in Auckland, just myself. Uh, but I was out early in the morning and I was out late at night because that's when people needed to be. And I've come down to Central Otago and I've started to work for someone. And my hours are essentially 9 till 4, 9 till 5, 10 till 4. Uh, I do 30 hours a week, essentially. I have Wednesdays off and done that to maintain time around the family. <coughs> Excuse me. So, and it's interesting because I finish on a Tuesday and everyone in the clinic says, have a nice day off tomorrow. And I keep telling them, and you'll, uh, you'll be able to testify to this, mums, that going home and being with your family is... Uh, more time consuming than being at work and so a lot of my practice now this is where we're getting to is consumed around how do I maximize the time that I have for doing the accessory stuff outside of my training because actually also recently in the last six weeks I've just started to get back into a regular training pattern uh, sleep for us has not been uh, our friend and so we have uh, we've really struggled um, and there are there's a school of thought that you could just push through um, but for us it just it just did not work and uh, I put on a bit of weight uh, I've probably probably gone up to about uh, 130 kilos from my fighting weight where I'm comfortable at about 105. Now, that didn't all happen post-baby, I've got to be honest, but essentially from here where I'm starting is I'm looking to get down to that 105, so I've got a target of 25 kilos. So I've started to train regularly, and what I've done, because I don't want it to impact my family life, is I've said, right, I'm going to start half an hour earlier, I'm going to stake, take half an hour extra at lunch, and I'm going to train for an hour at lunchtime which is great for the training side of stuff, but 
I'm your mobility guy and I'm the guy that's telling you you need to do all the stuff that supports your training uh, and unless I find time to carve it out outside of that training time I just don't do it because an hour is just enough for me to finish uh, lifting my weights and doing my functional pump conditioning um, and all of that sort of stuff so I've had to really work and it's it's affected my practice it's affected how I've spoken to my clients because I realize that I'm not the only one with time constraints uh, and I'm not the only one with a family I'm not the only one that has a stressful job um, there is something that keeps us busy for the full 16 hours uh, a day that we tend to be awake um, and so what I've come to realize is that we need to put that mobility and the support work into um, things that we're doing already. <coughs> Again, excuse me. Um, I'm still on negative rat tests, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, and apparently physios are essential workers, so as long as I'm negative, I can cough and it's all right. That's okay, right? Anyway, carrying on. So, all right, so how do I do this? Um, generally, I give my clients and I give myself three work-ons to do, which usually equates to about 10 to 12 minutes worth of work and nothing more. Because you guys will all know that there is a ton of noise out there, lots of white noise kicking about the internet and you can see one thing go, wow, that would be great for me, and then you can suddenly the next day see another thing and and it's hard not to not to get drawn in by social media and seeing what other people are doing. And what we know is that doing something consistently for a period of time is what works. Jumping about, um, trying one thing, then the next day trying something else doesn't work the way we lo would love it to do. And what you see on the internet are the people who are at the culmination of training for years and years and years to do the stuff that they're showing you. They haven't just jumped on in front of the camera and just gone, yeah, I'm just gonna do this today and it's gonna be cool. They've practiced it and practiced it and practiced it until they can do it and make it look easy. Um, and all we get is that snapshot of it looking easy and we think we should be able to do it easy and it makes it hard uh, because if we can't do it easily and we see these people just turning their hand to everything, um, it can be a downer. So uh, what I love about what I see from Liv's programming is that uh, there is a lot of work uh, that is repeated and there's a lot of classic stuff and she sprinkles in a lot of different movements to keep it interesting. But the big lifts, whatever she's training in a training block, she does repeatedly. I'll tell you what, in New Zealand there are some crap drivers. Uh, so, uh, back to what I would uh, what I would say. Three pieces of work, um, times that you can do them, things that I find really helpful. Um, when I have uh, clients that have, say, neck issues. <coughs> 
I'll give them exercises that they can do in the car, uh, that they can do when they're stopped at traffic lights, that they can do. Uh, one of my favorites is a bit of a chin tuck, trying to get your head still looking forward, but the back of your head against uh, the seat, giving yourself that soft double chin. Uh, something else that I'm a big fan of is exercises when you are brushing your teeth. A lot of the time, especially for lower limb, we have balance drills that we give people. Doing your balance drills while you're brushing your teeth uh, is an excellent piece of uh, piece of work that gets you know combines two things that you do regularly through the day. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, beyond that, in between your working sets, if you have stability pieces of work to do, banded work, stabilizations, etc., etc., those are, again, in between your sets, doing your stabilization work using the small muscles are excellent. So if you've got, for example, a push press or a strict press, doing some banded shoulder um, like cuff stability work is an excellent way to work in between your lifts and what you'll probably notice is that you do the cuff work between sets and you feel better and better as the lift goes on. That way you're utilizing your rest period, you're not uh, crashing out the musculature that is really uh, necessary for the lift, the big musculature. And also, you don't have to loop it on at the end of your session. A couple of big principles that I really do suggest, though. Any of your stretching work um, should be done towards the end of the day, uh, before you go to bed. And always try and associate that with your breathing work. Because what we're trying to do with that stretching is upregulate the parasympathetic nervous system. Uh, and not you can't downregulate uh, an arm of the nervous system. You have to kind of manage it by upregulating the uh, the opposite arm. So parasympathetic is your rest and digest. We need that regulated or upregulated when we want to sleep. So stretching, uh, massage, self-massage if you use the guns, etc towards the end of the day before bed. So usually, again, what I'm telling people to do is uh, if you watch TV and you've got ad breaks on the TV and the TV ad breaks, or you know, grab your equipment and do it on the floor while you're watching your TV rather than, uh, rather than being on the couch. Um, this is all stuff that we want you to get into doing while you're doing other stuff, essentially. So finding a way to do those accessories while you do your, you know, your day-to-day -day chores. Another one I really like, waiting for the kettle to boil, doing your calf raises. Simple exercise. <coughs> I think I'm getting this coughing because I'm talking too much. I don't often talk for 20, 25 minutes. Simple exercise, but something that you can do for two minutes while the kettle boils. It's an easy, easy task, or during the washing up. Great for knee stability. Um, great for ankle stability, great for keeping your Achilles nice and healthy, as an example. Um, it, guys, I think I've got 
that's pretty much all I've got for this session. I'm coming into work now. Um, I think I've been going for 20-odd minutes or so. So, look, I'll leave you with this. A couple of principles that I think. Pick three things. Okay, so if you've got a shoulder injury, pick three exercises and go at them for four weeks. All right? Uh, that's bit, bit number one. Uh, principle number two. If you're doing stability work, do it pre-workout. Do it before the start of your day. Uh, principle number three, if you're doing stretching and mobility, do it when you've got nothing to follow it up and add breathing in. What I like to do with my clients is instead of giving them a stretch for, say, two minutes, let's hold that position for 12 breaths and belly breaths and move further into that position with each exhale right? and it'll be amazing to you how much you will be able to firstly hold it for longer because you're not just watching the clock you're concentrating more on your breath but secondly how much more you'll be able to relax into the stretch because that deep breathing will upregulate the parasympathetic nervous system and allow your brain to let your stiff muscles just relax because it trusts you. All right. Also, with the deep breathing, it will really help with your sleep as well. And sleep is key. All right. So, guys, those are my three things. Um, apologies, it's taken 20, 25 minutes, but I hope you found it interesting and useful. If you have any questions... Liv has my contact details. This isn't a plug. Um, she's just asked me to provide a little bit of content for you. If nothing else, hopefully it was an interesting story about how I got to where I am. And uh, I look forward to seeing all your progress through Liv's Instagram stories. Um, and Liv, if you're still listening at this stage, best of luck for your mat leave. Uh, you're going to smash it as a mum. Like we all know that you're smashing it as a human being. All right. Take care all. Uh, thanks for having me on and hopefully speak to you soon.